With one of my father's old rags and a spray bottle of bleach, I wiped Amanda's car down. Wiping away all the blood and evidence, we turned my father's garage into a cleanup shop for murder. I was a jittery mess. I couldn't think, talk, or walk straight. I wanted to just hurry up and get rid of the body and be done with it. Ryan put Amanda in the trunk along with my dad's shovel, and he kept looking at me funny. Like he was starving, and I was the only slice of pizza left. I said, what? Why are you looking at me? He closed the trunk, staring at me. He didn't slam it shut. It was a quiet, calm shut. If your parents weren't coming home so soon, I'd spend some time with you. I appreciated him helping me, but I was in no mood for romance. Come on, we need to go before they do come home and catch us. We were about to hop in the car, then I stopped. Ryan said, what's wrong? Hold up. What? I forgot my phone. I'll be right back, I said, going back into the house. We'll spend some time together when we get back. Ryan smiled and nodded his head. He couldn't wait till we got back to take advantage of blackmailing me into being his girlfriend again. After I got my phone, we jumped in Amanda's car, which, with her in the trunk, and Ryan drove us out of the neighborhood and down Fort Washington Road. He didn't say where we were burying her. He just said he knew a spot where to plant her. Ryan kept glancing over at me as he drove, hitting the scan button on the radio over and over again. Finally, he found a song he liked, a Kendrick Lamar rap song, and he started bobbing his head to it. He felt real good being with me again. So good, he slid his hand over and held mine. I put my purse in the back seat and scooted over closer to him, showing him a little love. I said, so, where are we taking her? You never told me. A little spot in Akakeep, Ryan said, turning the music down. My dad's trying to sell this house right near Pitscataway Creek, right? I helped him clean out the yard. Huge-ass backyard with some woods behind it. We can bury her there. What about the neighbors? Will they see us? Nah. This house kind of sits by itself. Nobody will see us. Ryan kept glancing over at me. I could tell he wanted to ask me something, so... You never told me how your parents, like, felt about us breaking up. Well, I don't know. I think my father was glad, though. Ryan looked at me offended. I laughed in his face, he said. So, how is he going to feel about us getting back together? I don't know, I said, shrugging. Who cares? We made a left onto Fort Road and took that to the Indian Head Highway and made a right turn. That took us right into Akakeep, which was only about a mile away. Ryan said, when we get back to Fort Washington, we can grab something to eat. You hungry? I got taste for a big, fat, juicy cheeseburger. I shrugged, staring straight ahead. Ryan looked at me, concerned. He put his arm around me. Baby, relax, he said. He leaned over and kissed me on the cheek. I got this. Trust me. I nodded. 
Maybe we can go out to dinner down at the National Harbor, Ryan said. Have you been to the MGM yet? I know you don't gamble, but it's a nice spot. My parents went there one night. They said it was nice. Ryan turned the music back up and said, I just feel good right now. I'm just glad we're finally going to work this out. I looked at him and I know I looked absolutely disgusted. I said, how can you feel good about this though? Ryan looked lost and confused. What do you mean? Us being back together like this, I said, raising my voice. It's kind of like you blackmailed me in a way. Ryan shook his head. I don't call it blackmailing you. I looked at him like he was crazy. You don't? Nah, I don't. Um, I held my look on him. He needed to come up with something better than that. So what the hell do you call it then? I call it, I'd like to call it keeping you out of prison for the rest of your life. No, I call it making you, me your slave. He looked at me offended again. Come on, man, you never, you knew better than that. Because the first time I pissed you off about something, you're going to threaten me with the police. Cindy, you know damn well I'm going to treat you like the queen that you are. You know that, so why are you tripping? I'm tripping because it's blackmail. Ryan laughed and pulled me closer to him. It's not blackmail, it's love. It's all love and it's all good. And out of that, we get what we want. I get you for the rest of my life. You get away with murder and live prison-free for the rest of your life. So, you see, I'm not blackmailing you. It's us getting what we want. He rubbed his thumb across the palm of my hand. Your hand's sweaty. Are you nervous? A little bit, yeah. I mean, how can you call this love, Ryan? Look, straight up, you know how much I love you, and I know I... I was kind of crazy with it. Kind of? Ryan laughed again. And it was a sarcastic laugh. And I didn't like the snooty look on his face either. He was getting over on me, and he knew it. But what was I going to do? I didn't want to go to jail for the rest of my life. He said, Look, I promise I won't be all clingy, as you call it. I'll give you your space, and I won't get on your nerves. Let's be for real, Ryan. You're gonna hold this over my head for the rest of my life, and you know it. Ryan busted out laughing before I could finish. Anything you want from me, the first thing you're gonna do is bring up killing Amanda. And you know it. Seriously, though, as long as you love me back, I shouldn't have to use you killing Amanda to get you to do anything for me. Just love me back. That's all I ask. Love you back? Love me back, yeah. That's all I ask. And you call that love? Ryan looked at me, serious. It better be. It better be love. I want to feel the love from you every day. The same love I'm going to give you. No bullshit. And you think we can honestly go the rest of our lives like this? Yeah, we're gonna have to. Things should lighten up, you know. 
as time goes on, especially when we get married and start having kids. Although it was a chilly spring night and I started sweating so bad I had to kick my flip-flops off, just the thought of me marrying anybody other than David sent me into a spinning panic attack. I wanted to take off my clothes and roll the window all the way down. Nausea in my stomach started boiling. My mouth became watery. I needed to throw up. When I told Ryan to pull over so that I could get sick, he knew why. That's why he cracked up laughing like it was the funniest thing he ever heard in his life. Ryan made a right onto West Farmington Road. A road where there was not a lot of houses, just thick wooded areas. Except for maybe the half million dollar newly built homes on Terran Lee Court. There was the Akakik Animal Hospital there had been there for years. The animal hospital looked like an old rundown house to me. We took our dog buddy there when I was a little girl. Behind the animal hospital was WSSC's Piscataway Wastewater Treatment Plant, which sat on Piscataway Creek. Other than that, except for a few houses here and there, there wasn't much on part of West Farmington. I didn't scare easy, but that particular area of Akakik, Maryland, frightened me. After we drove by the water plant, we made the very first right turn on Jog Claggett Drive. And it was pretty much the same. A long road with lots of scary wooded areas and a few old as Moses houses. What made it more frightening? There were no streetlights. It was the perfect place to commit a murder and bury the body. Ryan pulled up to this old house, turning down the long driveway. This driveway led us past the house and into a huge backyard. The small tan house was old-fashioned and needed some work. The yard looked like a meadow, and it had a few cherry trees around it. Ryan said a group of bank robbers used the place as a hideout before the police found them and blew them away. He parked in front of the detached two-car garage. He said he was leaving the keys in the car so that he wouldn't lose them while burying Amanda. I thought that was a brilliant idea. He grabbed her from the trunk, along with my father's shovel, and flipped her over on his shoulder. I followed him as he carried Amanda out into the woods at the end of the yard. I went into my purse and grabbed my black gloves to help him. I hated walking through these woods even worse. I was wearing flip-flops stumbling over tree branches and almost tripping up and falling. As Ryan dug Amanda's grave, she was lying on the ground next to it, eyes wide open, staring up at the stars. I started to kneel down and close those eyes of hers. It was starting to creep me out more than I was already creeped out. Then I remembered her glasses. Where the hell were they? I was so busy trying to get away with murder, I forgot about her glasses. I knew I had to find those focals and get rid of them before someone else found them. And I had my gloves on. I made sure I wasn't leaving my fingerprints anywhere. Nothing to link me to Amanda's murder. I was even leery of any DNA me and Ryan would be leaving behind, like strands of my hair and what in the world were we going to do with her car? So much was going through my mind, I was going crazy. Ryan dug the hole like it was nothing, like a true gravedigger. He was rushing because he wanted to hurry up and get back so he could spend some time with me, as he put it, and like I promised him. 
He was digging so fast and so hard, he dug a big enough hole for two or three people. I started to get a little suspicious. Was he changing his mind about us getting back together and planning on murdering me to bury me with Amanda? I kept looking around and getting familiar with my surroundings just in case I had to make a run for it. He finally stopped digging to take a breath, and he looked up at me, out of breath. You know, I've been eyeing this tux for months. I looked at him. I wanted to frown. Eyeing a tux? Yeah. Eyeing a tux for what? Ryan stopped a minute and looked at me, funny. For the prom, girl. For the prom? I was actually trying to act like I didn't know what he was talking about. I knew. I was in denial. I couldn't see me going to the prom with anybody else but David. I was going to be a prom queen to his prom king. Mm, yeah, the prom, Ryan said, continuing to dig. I've been planning prom night for months. I found finding that strange. Planning it with who? Ryan peeped up at me and had the nerve to wink. Ryan, we broke up last summer. Yeah, and? Okay, so how could you be planning some prom night for us when we broke up last summer? He avoided my question. I'm renting us a room at the Gaylord Hotel, he said. I couldn't help but stare at him, disgusted. Renting a room for what? For us to spend some time together? It's gonna be nice, Cindy. So if we hadn't gotten back together tonight then, what girl would you be taking to the prom? Does she go to our school? Ryan stopped and looked at me, and he had a sneaky grin on his face. Yeah, she goes to our school. I stared at him, waiting for him to tell me who the girl was. Who? Who is she? He was about to bust his gut to keep from laughing. Cindy. Cindy Wayne. I rolled my eyes. He laughed and continued digging. It seems like he was making fun of me. He was starting to piss me off, on top of blackmailing me. I was just thinking, I said, suspicious. Where did you come from? What do you mean? And where did you come from? I mean, you just walked up on me from out of nowhere. Oh, you mean when I walked up on you after you killed Amanda? Yeah. Yeah, I knew you wished I never caught you in the act of murder, Cindy. I headed your way after you hung up on me. I was pissed. You headed over to my house after I hung up on you? Yup. Why? Why would you do that when I told you I didn't want to be bothered? I told you because I was pissed. But I meant what I said. I didn't want to be bothered, Ryan. Actually, I was coming over to apologize. Apologize for what? For being a pain in the ass, as my father calls it. I nodded, looking around. Well, that would have been an apology. I would have accepted, but you are a pain in the ass. Yeah, well, you better start getting used to this pain in the ass. I am not going anywhere anytime soon. 
Then he stopped digging and thought to himself for a minute. He looked confused. I just noticed something. Why are you wearing gloves? I shrugged. I didn't want to leave any fingerprints. Oh, Ryan said, continuing to dig. How are you going to leave any fingerprints when I'm doing all the work here? I didn't want to leave any fingerprints in Amanda's car when I drive it up out of here and ditch it somewhere. Ryan stopped digging again, and he really looked confused this time. It was almost funny when he looked at me. The poor fool was so busy digging, he didn't see me slip into my purse and pull out my dad's pistol. Um, when I told him I needed to go back to the house because I forgot my phone, that wasn't the only thing I forgot. My dad showed me how to use this gun a long time ago when he first got it, just in case we had any unwanted visitors and I got to the gun first. My father wanted to teach my mother how to use it too, but she was too afraid to learn. I raised the gun slowly and pointed it at Ryan. I thought his eyes were going to blow up out of his head. He was scared as hell. He said, Cindy, what the fuck do you think you're doing? Well, you just said you weren't going anywhere, I said, and that's a fucking lie because you are. You are going somewhere. You're going into the ground with Amanda. Ryan looked up at me, wondering if I was serious. He just didn't know. Girl, stop playing. Don't point that gun at me. But see, I have to point it at you. How else can I shoot you if I don't point it at you? Cindy, stop playing. We need to bury her so we can roll. When I roll out of here, I'm rolling out of here without you, Ryan. Now... He was looking at me like I lost it. What the fuck is your problem? Stop playing. When I said I wasn't letting anybody stand in the way of me and David being together, I meant that. So, I guess you messed up because you didn't take me seriously. Yeah, I'm going to the prom all right, but it won't be with you. He stabbed the shovel in the ground. Cindy put the fucking gun down. And that Gaylord hotel room that you got for us after the prom? Well, I am going to do that too. I will be getting a room there, but again, it won't be with you. Ryan leaped up and latched his fingers onto the dirt to crawl out of he and Amanda's grave, kicking, crawling, and sliding. It did him no good. I popped his ass twice in the chest. He fell back, landing flat on his back. Gasping for air, he said, Cindy... What the, what the fuck? I was trying to help you out. Why? I sat the gun down beside Amanda, kneeling down to make sure my beautiful face was the last thing Ryan was ever going to see. You know why, you dick. Don't worry about it. Amanda's on the way down there to keep you company. Ryan was trying too hard to raise up, but he couldn't move. He yelled, help. I shoved and shoved Amanda until he rolled over into the grave and on top of her new best friend. Ryan was trying to yell for help between coughing up blood. I reached down into the grave and grabbed the shovel by the handle, pulling it out. Every time Ryan opened his mouth to yell and cry for help, I dumped dirt into it. After a minute of swallowing dirt, he couldn't talk. He couldn't do anything but lay there and cry like a bitch while I buried him alive with Amanda weighing down on top of him. 
he was going to die anyway from the gunshot wounds, so I figured it was no reason to pop his ass again. The dirt was probably going to smother and kill him before the gunshot wounds did. Once I covered their grave with the dirt, I patted it with a shovel, figuring it would be packed down. I had no experience in burying people, of course, but I wanted to make sure they weren't ever getting out of there. I put the gun back in my purse, grabbed the shovel, and sprinted back to the car. Ryan's brilliant idea to leave the keys in the car was perfect for me. I just jumped in it, started it up, and headed back down that dark road that took me back to the West Farmington. I remembered Ryan making a right turn to get in there, that dark, spooky neighborhood, so all I had to do was make a left on Farmington and that would take me to Indian Head Highway. Once I got to Indian Head Highway, I knew exactly how to get back home and I needed to hurry up because not only did I have to ditch Amanda's car somewhere, I had to get my father's gun back into that safe before he and my mother figured out it was missing. As soon as I woke up, I was scratching like a dog with severe fleas, something in those damn woods. It pissed me off when I looked in the mirror and saw those tiny red bumps from the heel of my foot on up, and scratching them didn't do me any good. My mother gazed me in the face as soon as I sat down in the kitchen table for breakfast. She was nosy like that. She would stare you straight in the face until she got answers. She had a florid complexion with curly, sprinkled gray hair, and I definitely didn't get her height. She was tall and narrow, with round brown eyes. My father looked at me with his big brown eyes and went right back to chopping down on his bacon. He was brown-skinned with wavy hair. He was the average height with muscles. He was always down in his man cave, working out when he wasn't overdosing on sports and coronas. When I glanced over at my little brother Xavier, I could tell by the way he was looking at me he was about to say something stupid. Don't sit near me, scratching like a dog, he said, frowning and chewing. He was brown-skinned and had wavy hair like our dad, and he had small brown eyes and was skinny as a strand of hair. My mother studied the small red bumps all over me and said, Did something bite you, Cindy? Probably so, yeah, I said. I knew my mother was going to tell me what to do to get rid of the bump, so I was going to take whatever advice she was going to give me to. Anything it took to get rid of them before school Monday morning. Now that Amanda and Ryan were out of the way, it was time to make my move on David. I couldn't get killing Ryan and Amanda out of my head. It all happened so fast, especially when those murders weren't premeditated and I must have thought Amanda up because the amber alert went off on my phone then she made news then the mail news reporter on tv he said this morning the prince george's county sheriff's office is asking for your help finding a missing teen when I looked up and saw Amanda's graduation photo flash across the tv screen my stomach sunk and there I was her murderer sitting at the kitchen table eating eggs turkey bacon and sausage links while her photo devoured our tv screen and that and what tripped me out the most in the photo amanda was wearing the same stupid looking glasses i was looking for after burying ryan and amanda i jumped in the car and headed back to fort washington 
and the whole time I was wondering where the hell I was going to ditch her car. I drove so carefully doing the speed limit. I didn't want to give the cops any reason at all to pull me over. So when I got back into the neighborhood, I figured I'd ditch the car near my house so I wouldn't have far to walk. I parked Amanda's car near a half-built house on Washington Drive around the corner from my house. Like my neighborhood, this neighborhood was young and had very few houses. Before I got out with my gloves still on, I wiped the interior of the car down to make sure there were no fingerprints, not even Amanda's. When I finished, I grabbed my purse and walked like a speeding bullet, hurrying in the house to get my dad's gun back, and I was so glad I beat them home. It gave me some time to look for Amanda's glasses. After I put the still warm gun back into the safe, I heard the garage door opening. Damn, they're home. So now I had to hope that they went straight to their room instead of the family room to watch TV. And to my luck, they dragged themselves out of the garage and straight upstairs to their room. And as fast as a superhero, I was out of those dirty, bloody clothes and into my nightgown. I checked on them before they went to bed, and they said that they had a good time down at the National Harbor. After talking to them for a minute, I pretended I was going downstairs for some snacks. So when I got to the family room, I looked everywhere for those glasses, under the couch, under the love seat, under the ottoman. I even looked in the fireplace to make sure the glasses didn't fall in there when I popped Amanda in the face. Nothing. Those glasses were nowhere to be found. Seeing Amanda's photo on TV grabbed my mother's attention. My father and brother paid it no mind, gulping down food. The lady news reporter said, 18-year-old Amanda Moss was last seen around 11 o'clock last night. She is 5'6 and 118 pounds and a senior at Friendly High School. The remote control was lying on the table beside my mother's arm. She always kept the remote near her so she could hog the TV away from all of us. My family, not knowing that Amanda's killer was sitting at the table with them, made me a nervous wreck. I reached and grabbed the remote about to turn the channel. My mother looked at me like she was about to stab my hand with a fork. Wait a minute, Cindy, I'm watching that. My mother picked up the controller and turned the TV up. They put a mock photo of Amanda's car on the screen along with a license plate number. I started sweating, wondering how soon they were going to find her car around the corner from us and praying no one saw me driving it. Cindy, you need to pay attention to this, my mother said. I looked at her. Why? She looked up at me, disappointed. She goes to your school, Cindy. Oh, I don't know her, I said, trying to eat my breakfast and scratch at the same time. Okay, you may not know her, but I'm sure you've seen her around school a couple times. Staring down at my plate, mouth full of food, I said, maybe, I don't know. I changed the subject before anything else jumped from her mouth about me knowing Amanda. So mom, what should I take? My mother looked at me and she didn't appreciate me changing the subject. Take what? What are you talking about? I frowned and looked at her like she was crazy. These bumps. Oh, um, it looks like poison oak, mom said. Yeah, I said, I thought it might be poison ivy or something like that. Chewing his food, my dad said, what woods were you in to get that? And what are you doing in the woods anyway? Oh, um, me and Kathy were at Fort Washington Park yesterday. Dad nodded, and I and I turned my attention back to my mother. So, um, 
what should I take now? Get a cucumber and a banana peel and rub your face down with it. Xavier had the nerve to frown and take a couple of teaspoons of apple cider vinegar. That made me frown. And a couple of teaspoons of baking soda too. Okay, I said, nodding and ready to get up from the table to get right to it. Mom shook her head and went back to eating her breakfast. You seem like you don't even care about your missing classmate. My mother was starting to aggravate me with all the shit about Amanda being missing. It's not like I don't care. I don't really know her like that. That girl is probably still out partying with her friends, Dad said. Xavier laughed to himself, thinking it was funny, but my mother didn't find it funny at all. You never know. Somebody probably carjacked that girl. It could have been Cindy. It could have been you, Cindy. I stood up, scratching. Let me get started. Where's this, um, this, um, apple what? Apple cider vinegar, Mom said. It's in the cabinet near the season salt. Heading for the cabinet, I heard a buzzing sound. I stopped, looking around. My parents looked at me, wondering what was wrong. What? My mother said. I said, you hear that? Hear what? It buzzed and flew right past my ear. That big black bee was back. This time, instead of Kathy's house in my car, it was now in my house. I squatted it away like I was losing my damn mind. Y'all see that? It's, it looks like a bee, Dad said. It is a bee, Xavier said. Now I am pissed and ready to go. Then you all need to get up and kill it, I screamed. I, you all know I'm allergic to bees. Come on now. The big black bee buzzed around near the ceiling and then sped toward the patio, trying to get back outside, but the patio door was closed. Somebody kill it, I said. Girl, calm down, Xavier said. I'll get it. Xavier got up and walked over to the patio. Kathy's friend buzzed, bounced, and tapped against the window trying to get out, probably trying to fly back to her house where I met his bee cousin at. My brother opened the patio door for him to fly out, when usually he would have been glad to smack him to the floor and stomp this bee's brains out. No, I shouted. Don't let him out, Xavier. Kill it, he said. Girl, shut up. Don't tell me to shut up kill it. The bee buzzed against the window to the patio door until he found his way back outside. I said, why didn't you kill it? I didn't feel like it, my brother said, walking back to the table. I'm eating and I ain't got time to kill bees. I said, okay, so what if he comes back in here? Xavier said, that's between you and him, not me. He's after you and not me. Mom, I said, we need to do something about this. How did it get in here? My mom said, Cindy, I don't know how the bee got in here. Daddy, I said, do you know? Dad sat back in his chair, chewing and thinking. He shook his head. I haven't seen any bee nest anywhere around. I'll check the outside of the house when I'm finished eating. I stepped over to the patio doors. I looked out and around over the backyard for any bees flying around. Didn't see any of them at first. Then all of a sudden, something smacked up against the patio door. It was the same big black bee, and he kept smacking up against the window at me, like he was trying to break through the glass to get to me to sting me. It even made me jump, a little scaring me. I said, Ma, you need to call the exterminator. Quick! Now! Now!